That's where true fulfillment in life is found, is in following Jesus and working with him to bring about his kingdom. Now, learning to recognize what that is in each of our lives is an important part of following Jesus, and not one that happens immediately. It takes many Christians some time to find, how is God calling me? How does God want to use me? How has God gifted me and prepared me to do something that's part of his plan and his kingdom? We're going to look a little bit at that, but we have to first pause and recognize that, yes, every member of the church, every person following Jesus has a part to play. Paul, uh, who wrote much of the New Testament, wrote a letter to the Corinthians, and in that he described the church community as a body. It's a very famous analogy. It's actually where we get the idea of membership, when he talks about members of a church being like members of a body. Nobody had ever spoken of people as members of something before. Uh, he he kind of coined that term when he said people were like members of a body, parts of a body. Um, now we use that word all the time, right? We say, oh, he's a member of that club, a member of that organization. But it's actually all coming from the idea of membership in a church body. And Paul said each member has a particular and very important function to perform in the body. Now, a little bit of background first. Paul, before he became a follower of Jesus, used to be a Pharisee, a kind of Jewish religious lawyer, and his name was Saul. And, uh, and he was a persecutor of Christians. He went around trying to hunt down Christians and kill them. And uh, one day he was on his way to the town of Damascus on his horse. Damascus was a town where he had written permission to go and seek out Christians and uh, take care of them. And uh, on the way, he was thrown off his horse. He saw a bright light, was blinded, thrown to the ground, and saw a vision of the risen Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Didn't take long for Saul to become Paul, start following Jesus, and instead of killing Christians, he started making Christians, planting churches all around the Mediterranean, and writing the letters that we recognize as letters in the Bible today, letters to the Corinthians, planted a church in Corinth, letters to the Ephesians, well, he planted a church in Ephesus. All these things are, are towns where he, he planted churches, and since he moved on to plant other churches, he wrote them letters to keep up and um, remind them of what the faith was that he had taught them. I give you that bit of background to remind you that Jesus never actually met Jesus um, in the flesh here on earth. And, and yet, Jesus says to him, when he throws him off his horse with this blinding light, Jesus announces to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus in the body, was he? He wasn't one of the people who nailed him on a cross and did all that. Saul was persecuting Christians, Jesus' followers. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Jesus is identifying with his followers. Jesus is making clear that that there's, there's more than just a surface connection between himself and those who choose to follow him. When Christians are persecuted, Jesus is persecuted. In the same way, when Christians are acting in the world, Jesus is acting in the world. With this life-transforming experience in the back of his mind, Paul wrote this about the Christian community. And uh, let's read it together. So why don't we grab some Bibles here, and I'll read it out loud. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were, made all, or we were all made to drink of one spirit. 
Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. But if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Well, we'll stop there. It kind of goes on. Um, but you can get the sense there that God's plan is that the church is a working, functioning body. It's alive and it's doing things. And it's not doing just one thing. We need all these different parts to be working together for one purpose. That's, uh, that's God's vision for the church. It means there's work for every Christian to do within the church and as a member of the church in the community that can be nurtured and encouraged to grow towards spiritual maturity. The health and effectiveness of the body matters um, and depends on every part of the body doing its job at the proper time in the proper way. If one or more parts of the body just quit, uh, the body is sick or disabled. And the vision is that there is a body of all different parts working together, even the ones that appear to be just inferior, hauling rocks, digging holes, are a part of a body that does amazing things. Remember a few weeks ago, we looked at the purpose of the church. We listed all the things that were wrong with the church, uh, how, how churches could be seen as all the wrong things. Well, most of those things are because People who belong to the church are not using their God-given talents, not living a life of ministry. Kind of like the people in the video. As growing Christians, we want to find our proper area of ministry within the church so the community of faith to which we belong can be healthy and effective as part of the worldwide body of Christians. Well, we have a question for you to discuss today, and as usual, we hope that you won't just uh, think about it on your own, but that you'll share your thoughts with some friends, family, colleagues, fellow commuters, somebody else in your life who might benefit from taking this course to help them grow as a Christian. Here's your question for today. How have you thought of ministry in the past? Well, have a great discussion, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.